0: Sunny slope, beautiful sunny slope, here with a light breeze, lots of clouds, and like Gail said, the best forecast we've seen in months. (laughs) Anyway, we have Shira back here on phones and music, and she's looking all lonely, so give her a call. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTR, we can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow, where to grow it, how to plant it, if you're doing something different at home, if you know how to do that perfect rain dance, you know, while we have the opportunity... We could use inches of rain in the state, you know. We like for a lot of it to fall up north, but it certainly these poor little trucker over here in Sunny Slope sitting on the hill are looking a little parched and peaked, and they're a little thinner now. And now that we have more falcons, they have more enemies. So, gosh, my little buddies I used to hang out with over here could use some help. So, you know, Lord, won't you buy us a nice rainstorm? That's what we really need today. Not a Mercedes-Benz, but a rainstorm. And a beautiful day out there. We start off with wide-open phones, as usual. So it's the perfect time to call. As we get to the end of the program, we always have callers kind of left. And I do have to apologize if you're one of those callers that was left hanging last year because we had kind of timed out and somehow the the programming here cut the lines off at the end of the show. So if somewhere at the end of the show I can't get your, your calls in, I apologize. But that's the electronics and the brand new system we have here, which is really nice. I mean, it is nice having everything that kind of works. And the gremlins are all packaged and put away in the closet for a while. Anyway, here we are with some weather that we can really uh, look forward to. It's been a long, hot few weeks here. Our plants are kind of yellow and burning. And uh, so it's if we can get some rain, gosh, what a difference it can make to our desert here. And especially if we get more rain up in the mountains and help fill our reservoirs. You know, water is what we worship here in the desert. Has been that way for 4,000 years since, you know, our native brothers built the first canals. And uh, we have some pretty phenomenal farm ground. All it needs is water and how we use it, how we manage it, make a huge difference. We can talk about those things. Uh, where it comes from, how we get it, how we use it, but um, how we apply it to our soils. You know, deep watering, let things dry out, not just running sprinklers for a little bit all the time. You know, when it's hot like this, if you run your lawn sprinklers for a few minutes, most of it goes into the atmosphere. Yeah. So we got to talk about how to utilize our water the best way. We still have three lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827. Gives sure a call, and you could be up after Shad. And, uh, and who's ever ringing online, Good morning, Shad and Tempe. Brian, how are you this morning? Excellent. With a forecast like this, I'm just excited.
1: Awesome oh, outside. It's amazing. It's so nice outside right now. <laughs> well,
0: and having It's supposed to not hit 100 for a few days after what we've been through recently. <laughs>
1: Well, I have a question because I think it might have been the 110s that may have caused this problem. But right now I have a, I have like seven trailing asparagus mm-hmm. and a planter. Okay. And I came back from a weekend away. And literally the center core just turned yellow, almost like they're dying. The edges of them are still a little green. But they're getting watered once a week for about, uh, I think I put about a two hours on them mm-hmm. on a two-gallon emitter. So they're getting about four gallons. Each. Are I've they in each. a ra-
0: in a raised bed? Do they have native soil there, or do they have potting soil? Yeah, it's native soil, but they've been in the ground for probably 10 to 15 years. Okay.
1: And so it's just a brick border, native soil, right next to the lawn. It's... You know, Shannon, if,
0: if you're a little patient and want them to come back just magnificently, if you would take the asparagus, ferns and even this time of year, just cut them off at the ground, do a big cleanup on there, take to, take the advantage of the fact you can get rid of all that old foliage and the fact that we're going to have some rain just right to the, root, to the uh-huh. root ball. And more. what's going to be nice is the new foliage that comes out this time of year, and asparagus will come right back out, is going to be dense, compact, green, and happy. So I would just cut them back to the ground. I'd probably do something you've never done I'd throw a little fertilizer in there for them and just flood yes, the I bed. Do. I fertilize them. Do you? Okay. With the
1: lawn, when I do the lawn stuff, uh-huh. I just have my hand sprayer thing and so they're getting fertilized.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. But it would be a good okay. time just to clean them up, you know, and, and because none of that damaged material is going to come back out, it's always going to hang there in the center. And you know, individually cleaning them and thinning them is a lot of work. So, you know, it's the time of year we're not going to be outside as much, you know, other than maybe the next 3 or 4 days, but at any rate, if you just cut them off at the ground, let them come back, they'll come back beautifully
1: let cool. That's what I
0: can do. All right, That answers my question. Thank you so much. Thanks, Chad. Bye bye. All right, let's see. Next up we've got Dave and Tempe. But after Dave, it's wide open phones. The number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTR. Give us a call. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow, why to grow it, you know, what to prune this time of year, what not to, and a lot of things that plant really well in the summer and other things we certainly wouldn't want to plant right now. Dave and Tempe, good morning.
2: Yes, good morning, Brian. Question about the Katie Ruelia, the dwarf Ruelia. I have problems with those. They do fine. They grow well, sometimes for several years, sometimes less of a time. But all of a sudden, stems just start dying. Uh, and sometimes the whole plant will just suddenly die for no apparent reason. No change in the water, no change in the sunlight or anything. Have you had... Have you heard of this happening before? Well, yes,
0: with Katie's, they're, they're you know, by far the least hardy of all the rellas. So mm-hmm. you take Rella Botanica, you know, the big wild one that takes over. It's like that, you know, song, Wild Thing. You know, yeah. they're just easy to cut and prune them. I've never seen one of those fail. And even the Peninsularis, the desert rella is very hardy like that. But the Katie's uh, do seem to be a bit more finicky. They're even more finicky for us to grow at the nursery. And I think sometimes they get a soil fungus from being a little wetter, you know, maybe a weather change. I think Sometimes they burn in the heat. And um, that's, you know, pretty typical of that plant. And it's not as consistent, you know, as the other Rellas are. You probably want to treat it a little nicer. You know, periodically you might want to throw a little soil sulfur around it to make the soil a little more acidic. And you might want to feed it a little better. But even with all that care, you know, I've I've witnessed them in our nursery and all, you know, the growing nurseries I've been to all over the country, that, yes, they're definitely more finicky. Okay.
2: So if it's a soil fungus, would Monterey disease control possibly be? Helpful?
0: It should. You know, it doesn't always work, but it it oftentimes does because the bacteria these fungus and, um, you know, it's inexpensive. It's safe to use. It really doesn't harm anything uh, other than if you're a fungus. And so, you know, it's a pretty safe, easy thing to use and, and it does work well. We get great results on it, all different kinds of uh, applications.
2: Right. I've used it in other things successfully. So that's, I'll, I'll give that a shot then. But thank you for the information.
0: Well, and I wish I, wish I had a better solution, but you know, really don't. Even growing them at the nursery, you know, different changes of weather, different times, we'll lose some, and uh never happens with any other variety, of Rilla. Right. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got John in Phoenix, but then we've got that wide-open phones thing going again, and we have Sheer back here smiling. Give her a call. She's feeling lonely and neglected. Uh, the number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Very clearly, John. You know, we've got all this new equipment here, and it's working quite well this morning. Wow, that's great. Uh, Hey, Brian,
3: we really appreciate your show. Um, And over the years, yeah, I'm going to say that, over the years we've listened to you. Um, And we know you're a farmer uh, because you make citrus. Um, And it got me thinking, you know, with the cost of diesel and all, uh, are there local farmers that are, are... uh, trying to sell uh, surplus food. I-, I don't know if you remember, I'm old, mm-hmm. uh, we used to have like little corner stands and you could drive from Mesa to Chandler or uh, Mesa to Tempe and-, and you would see these stands, you could stop and pick up whatever was harvested extra.
0: Well, John, I started at the ripe old age of five. sowing oranges is where our nursery is at Glendale Avenue with my grandmother. Okay, So that's one of those little stands like you're describing, and we have a little five-acre orchard there, and the little nursery was tiny right next door, and uh, so we, we had more oranges than we did nursery stock. And so I was there selling oranges at the age of five. And, uh, you know, it was pretty phenomenal. And the other kind of cool thing that happened at the same time is we used to go get boxes out of behind the, the stores. It was Lucky's store back then. And I would climb in the dumpsters and get boxes. And back then we just noticed all the food that was thrown away. You know, so I'd bring home a case of ketchup here or there or, or something else or canned food because one of the cans got dented, you know, and it would bring the food home and eat it. Of course, my grandfather was a chef and he would never want to waste food. And uh, kind of a surprising thing Everybody once in a while, you'd be back at the dumpster, you'd see a case of beer, but we'd we'll leave that for whoever probably stole it from the store. But anyway, since then, we have the St. Mary's Food Bank and all these food banks. And when we have overages, like with our craps, uh, you know, we donate to the food banks and all the grocery stores do down too. So it's pretty amazing how much food these stores bring in. And then a lot of the other packing sheds, you know, like the Martori's that would be packing melons and these kind of places, yeah. they'll don't donate a lot to the food banks. So, you know, really, if, if managed correctly, very little food goes to waste, you know, and, and wow. the gleaning that comes out of Yuma. There's, there's a lot of, you know, we grow so much, so many greens down in Yuma in the state that a lot of that will go to food banks as well. And then uh, they're very efficient. You know, St. Mary's was the original. That was expanded to a lot of food banks. And what's fun is when we send things like, say, for example, we're sending oranges to St. Mary's Food Bank because they're packed. They can actually trade them to a food bank. Well, we, they sent some to Austin, Texas this year. They sent some back to Detroit. There some, some of our tangelos that were you know, maybe they were blems, just not quite the quality one want to put in a grocery store. Went to these other markets, and they were able to trade for potatoes from Idaho. You know, so it's pretty amazing the network of food banks and how well they do, and and what they do for our community today. And it's it's something quite new, and it all started right here in Phoenix.
3: Okay, so I'm not a genius, but thanks. I appreciate that. Well,
0: no, but it, it's a big thing, you know. And the, the biggest difficulty for farmers right now, and our biggest concern, you know, in agriculture in Arizona, is water. And it's how we manage it and how we use it. And uh, you know, some of our allotments and the water we've had kind of extra coming out of the reservoirs is not going to be available anymore. And right. um, you know, what I would really like to encourage is for people to get together. And you know, we we can't make more water here. You know, we can we can kind of manage our water better and do those kind of things. But, you know, if the desert west is going to continue, this breadbasket with fine soils that we have, you know, we really have to come up with a program to bring water out of the Colorado, not the Colorado, but the Mississippi River and, and bring that back across the country. You know, if Romans can build aqueducts with no machinery, we certainly with small nuclear plants and you know, big pipelines could bring water out of this. And that's only taking their flood water that's damaging for them. So, you know, working together and, and you know, our engineering and, and the initiatives that we have here in this country you know that's something i hope people will really take a look at you know they're talking about desalinization you know putting ro plants down in mexico well you know that's in a foreign country and it's expensive in the meantime you know we've got water destroying areas in this country that we could move to arizona
3: Thank you, Brian.
0: Have a great day, John. All right. I will. Thanks for talking about one of my favorite topics, agriculture here in Arizona. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Uh, we're going to take a short break while we're gone. We've got three lines available. We're going to come back with Dana and Brian, but then you could be up next on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Give Shira a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR.
4: Trailer for sailor rent Rooms to let 50 cent No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes But two hours of pushing broom Buys a 8 by four-bit room I'm a man of means by no means king of the road third box got a midnight train destination bank of Maine old worn out suit and shoe don't pay no union dues of smoke old stogies I have found short but not too big
0: around I'm Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here in lively, sunny slope, Arizona. And uh, beautiful morning out there. Looks like we've got three lines open. The number to call 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Next up, we've got Dana in Phoenix. Good morning, Dana. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Great. How are you?
5: I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, I just wanted to call out a question. Uh, we live in a house that we've been in for two years now, and it has a couple of citrus trees. I have no experience with citrus trees. One of them, and they're mature trees. One of them is a lemon tree. Uh, the other one, I think, might be mandarin orange, something like that. But um, how often should I water these? Uh, pretty. The now, where are you located
0: with Cross Street, Dana?
5: Um, 10 feet off of southern between the 101 and McClintock.
0: Okay, so you got pretty good soil in there. You know, realistically, for big old mature trees, uh, the best probably watering schedule for them right now is weekly. And uh, the different ways to water, they have wells around them. A uh, little bit. Okay, because they're going to want to have water down two or three feet deep and out as wide as the canopy. And uh, you can do that by putting a hose there. You could do it with a drip system. You could do it any way you want to do it. But they need that good deep irrigation. And it's hard to overwater citrus in the summertime, and it's easy to okay. in the winter. So right now in the heat, you know, a good deep irrigation once a week on fairly well-drained soil. Clay, it could be once every 10 days or two weeks. But in your neighborhood, I would say once a week deep. And, you know, the one thing tendency, Danny, people have to deal with new citrus is they want to prune the branches up so they can get underneath them. That's the most unhealthy thing you can do for a citrus. So you want to keep the branches down low of the ground so they shade and protect the tree and you'll get a great harvest for years to come. Anytime you want to prune off the top is OK. You can cut it back a little bit any time of the year. And if you want to reduce their size in a major way, you'd want to do that in the early spring, late February, early March
5: okay and I assume this is the wrong time of year doing any fertilizing when would I be doing that?
0: Well you assume incorrectly uh, you know like at our groves we fertilize all summer long um, we're using a liquid chicken manure product this year so it's we're putting on a light dose constantly all the time but uh, you can fertilize citrus anytime in the growing season and it's very beneficial and that's from pretty much Valentine's Day through October so you can fertilize them a little bit anytime and if you haven't fertilized them at all now I, go, I will especially with the rain coming but I would go a light dose I'd go whatever you know type you use like half of a recommended amount and go ahead and fertilize them now and make sure you give them a good deep irrigation watered in how frequently would I fertilize them well for trees that are stressed and unhappy i would do it monthly for a traditional schedule here is to do the three days it's uh, pretty much valentine's day labor day memorial day actually an anniversary but anyway you get the point but those three days and that's kind of our traditional schedule
2: all right then i thank you for your time
0: thanks dana bye-bye uh let's see next up we've got brian in central phoenix good morning brian Good morning, how are you? Excellent, thank you.
6: Hey, I got an Apuncia prickly pear that's got a congenial scale. On it, is there any way to is there something I can put at the base of it, uh, systemic to get rid of that?
0: You know, you probably could, but it's 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 kind of easier for right now. The, the easiest control for this time of year is blast them off with a hose, okay? So blast go back with a, hose, with a hose, just a high pressure sprayer, and that's going to get rid of 80 90 percent of it. You can spray pretty hard, we good for the tree, you know. The, the like punta to get a little bit of uh, water anyway. So if you'd blast them all off with a hose, the best way to kill them, you know, dead is in the wintertime to use malathion with vulc oil or any kind of an oil that's an oil spray. And that just suffocates them and does really well. You could also just get a little squirt bottle right now with malathion, spray malathion on them, and it's pretty darn effective. And uh, it's better. Okay. The systemics don't work so well in, in that kind of use. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the information. Thanks, Brian. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Floyd and Peoria, but after Floyd, we've got three open lines. The number to call 602 277 5827. 277 KTAR. Floyd, good morning. How are you this morning? Great. How are you? You know, it's another
6: day in paradise.
0: (laughs) Well, it certainly wasn't last week, but I'll I'll concur. You know, if we have this rainy forecast, and, you know, I think Gail managed to bring it in, you know, because she's doing the weather and telling us what's happening. So, anyway, it's pretty fantastic out today.
6: That's a good thing. I have pepper plants, uh, jalapenos and some sweet peppers. I don't recall a particular uh, uh, type. I planted them two years ago, and I thought they were just going to be a one-year kind of a thing. They died out, and I'd have to pull them up and plant them again. But they came back this second year, and they seemed to do okay. I heard you talking about cutting things back down to the ground, and I wondered if disease would respond to that as well. Because no,
0: was- you you wouldn't want to prune That's- those that hard, Floyd. And the peppers can, you know, unless we have a freeze, can last here, you know, three and maybe even four years. So peppers are pretty cool, but uh, right now they're just trying to hang on. They're going, wow, it's kind of hot. We're not real happy. So I wouldn't do anything to change them or you know prune them or anything this time of year. If you wanted to prune them back in September, right before they get – they'll put out a pretty good crop in the fall. If you want to prune them back the first or early part of September, that would be fine. But you wouldn't prune them all the way to the ground. You'd prune them back maybe by a third.
6: Okay, good. I, I thought they were a one year thing, and they came back second year. It surprised me.
0: Well, most places in the world they are, and here in the desert historically they were, but we haven't had freezes in the last five or six years to amount to much. So unless we have a frost, um, they'll last and be a pretty good useful plant for about three years. You know, after three you probably would want to change them. That's probably the max time you can keep them useful. Um, but you know, that being said, so you want to you know kind of not, not do a whole lot to them right now. Just keep them watered and semi happy you want to fertilize them the first part of september and uh, then go ahead and if you want to prune them back a little bit and they'll, they'll come into bloom really nicely in the fall and you should get a great crop of fall peppers
6: That would be great. I have one more question. that's about strawberries. Mm -hmm. I have been singularly unsuccessful with strawberries. However, I have one plant that refuses to die, but I've not been able to successfully get a single strawberry yet.
0: Well, you know what? That's a very timely observation, Floyd, and I'll tell you what is the reason why is because, you know, really the time to get your strawberry beds ready is September, right when you're pruning those peppers, and you want to plant strawberries in the fall. And if you'll plant your strawberries, you know, in September, early October, you'll have a nice crop through the spring. And then it's better just to punt. Now, they, they're probably more of an annual here, so it's better to punt and let them go next summer. But if you'll plant them in the fall, when you're out pruning those peppers and working on the garden, if you'll plant strawberries in the fall, you can get a fantastic crop of strawberries you know, right through the spring here. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, and have a nice weekend. All right, you too. Bye bye. Well, it looks like we're out of phone lines and it's about time for the news. So uh, we're gonna go to the news here in a minute. In the meantime, we're sitting here with Shira, and she's all lonely and she says, Gosh, you know, where are they? Give her a call. The number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTR. It's Shira and Brian here every Sunday morning from seven to nine on ninety-two point three M FM with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. And now we've got Gail coming into the studio. Let's tell us what happened in the World. we'll be right back after the news in the meantime give sure a call at 602-277-5827-277-KTAR when i was a little bitty baby my
7: mom i When I was a little baby, baby, my mama would rock me in the cradle In their old cotton field back home It was down in Louisiana, just about a mile from Jacksonville
0: In that old
7: cotton field back
0: home Well, welcome back, folks. A beautiful morning they're here they're in Sunny Slope, except for this no home. On right now. It's a perfect time to give Shira a call. If you've never been on a radio station before, don't be shy. We're friendly here. We could talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilizer, kill, a lot to do out in the garden, especially an enjoyable next couple days. You know, it might be a fun time to get out the wedge and, you know, get it kind of polished up because the toadstools might come out if it rains. Anyway, happy Sunday morning. Number to call 602 277 5827. 277 KTR. We could talk about the topic of your dreams There's a lot of things to grow here. You know, it's nice to be in this subtropical climate and we're seeing a lot more different things being grown. You know, we didn't used to have mango trees or or we didn't have near as many bananas or papayas. It actually had big papayas on them. You know, the tropical plants have done much better. Gardening season's coming up around the corner. You know, really the time to start tilling the soil is now, especially if we get, uh, you know, some rain to soften things up. But, you know, vegetable planting here starts, you know, towards the end of August. So that's a great time to get out. And if you're going to plant a fall, garden get ready and you could do it this time of year you know it might be a time you might want to remove your your old garden and solarize it you might want to cover it with some plastic and heat it up so it kills all the weeds and critters and everything in the soil and that's a good thing to do this time of year as well and like we talked a little earlier it's not a bad time to fertilize certain types of plants, especially things that really like the heat, things like mesquite trees and ironwoods. If you've got young desert trees you've installed, you might want to take this opportunity to go out and put down a little fertilizer before the rain, or even do it in the rainstorm to make sure it's going to happen at your house, and uh, that can take it right into all of our desert plants and give them a big benefit. Well, we still have four lines open. The number call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Next up, we've got Fran in Phoenix. Good morning, Fran good morning thank
5: right. you for taking my call um i live just off 24th street in cactus uh, i have uh, probably about a 10 or 12 year old chinese elm it's huge it's beautiful probably a 30 foot canopy um but the grass doesn't grow under it is there anything that's not like cactus that will grow there
0: <laughs> do you so you have lawn uh, the rest of it and sitting in the middle of a lawn
5: right area. and i yeah, I mean, even the rye didn't do well this winter because it's got so much shade.
0: What? God, it's nice having the shade, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, huh? Yeah. So what? Who cares about the lawn? As hot as it's been, it's nicer having the shade. Um, <laughs>
5: well, have you ever and, thought and about artificial? <laughs> Well, I, I looked into that, and we, we've got 2,200 square feet, so we're talking close to $18,000. Yeah, that's, it does <laughs>
0: there's,
5: there's a long time to get a return on investment for that. Yeah. And I looked into gravel and our granite, and we're talking probably about 12000
0: No, no, granite would be less than that. Uh, yeah, Grant. Now, Maybe I should stop
5: down there and talk to somebody about it because that's you know, he said he could get it down to eleven thousand.
0: Yeah, that's I, I would I would get some other bids. Um you know you could talk to yeah. the rock companies to get other bids. But um so how much of the lawn's happy?
5: Um less than Less than
0: half of it. So you have a really big elm tree. Um, yeah, it, it's at least a 30 foot canopy,
5: I'd
0: yeah. say. What you can do with it is this winter you can thin the tree out. So if you go through it, open it up, and thin it out some, uh, you'll get more light through it. Uh, you could also right. try some dichondra, but if you put dichondra in there, you're going to kick the water bill way up because you're going to have to water the dichondra a lot uh, to get it, you know, keep it happy. Uh, how do you water your lawn yeah. there now?
5: Well, it, it's an irrigation system, and I and I think I need to talk to the yard people because they were watering everything in the yard eight minutes three times a day, seven days a week.
0: That's that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's not good. Um, um, so
5: I, I've got basically what I've done with the tree, and I've got a small bubble leaf plum and some bushes and lantana. I'm running those at the trees at like a half an hour once a week, and that's filling the
0: wells. So, um, so you have like plumpers in the wells then? Yes. Okay. So that that's fine yeah. for the trees. Now, the problem you're having with your lawn is it's partially to do with the way it's been watered. So a lot of the roots mm-hmm. on that elm tree are going to be up on the surface because it's been watered so frequently that it's up right. competing with the lawn. So if you'll change your watering pattern, you know, and, and basically it's going to hurt the tree. So what I would do is change it this winter. Okay. So the ryegrass has got a pretty good shot, you know, coming back out and it doesn't need to be watered that often. But ideally with the, with a new lawn, you'd plant the rye. You can plant early. You can plant in September so you don't have to live with mm-hmm. it for so long. And, uh, you know, I've actually planted a lawn, you know, in all. August before with rye and it just does fine, but okay. September probably be early enough. But plant it in September, get your lawn established. So then you're going to water, water the three times a day for a little while, and then cut back to a good, healthy watering pattern for your lawn. So put a capturing device out there. Tuna cans the easiest because it's got straight sides. And with rye grass in the winter time, you want to put on about a half an inch of water and let the ground dry out. Okay, so that's going to happen pretty fast, you know, in September and October. But by yeah. November. you you should be watering it once a week or less. Okay? And okay. you want to keep that once a week or less right through next summer. And that's going okay. to give the elm tree a chance to root deeper. And when you put the inch of water on, you're going to get at least a foot of, you know, penetration with your water. And so your lawns will root deeper and healthier. And if you'll do that, you know, and it's going to be a rough summer next year getting started, but what I would probably do is just seed Dichondra, and I would kill Mm -hmm. the ryegrass in in April and seed Dichondra in May, okay? And you'll get, you know, it's not going to be as dense as if it was in full light, but it'll come back nicer. And then in the meantime, in the wintertime, like in January, if you thin that elm tree out and open it up, just have somebody go through and Mm -hmm. open up the canopy, that'll give it a better chance to get started.
5: Okay, can I ask another question as well? Sure. Um, In all the houses up and down this area for about three blocks are horse properties. So the back half of the property was a horse paddock. I've got, well, I had grass on it now. Um, Again, the yard people are not doing a good job, in my opinion. And I've got a lot of Dallas grass out there. Um, Is there anything that'll kill that that doesn't kill the yard?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. It's like a crabgrass? Is it a wide-bladed grass? It's it's like a crabgrass on steroids. Okay.
5: (laughs) Um, Well, and I I had dug one up and took it up to Home Depot several years ago, and they said it's Dallas grass. Okay. And I haven't found any of the weed killers that will kill it other than digging it up or killing the entire lawn.
0: You know what I would do? There's a Monterey uh, nutgrass crabgrass killer. Mm -hmm. And Monterey makes some pretty good products. I would try that. And, uh, okay. you know, it's like what we do, you know, like in a field, we call it like a jar test. So we don't want to go out and spray the whole thing first. Just buy a small container, go out and spray a little <laughs> area and see how it works. You know, just use a little one-gallon okay. tank sprayer and spray it and see how it works for you. And, uh, then if it works, then, you know, proceed on.
5: Oh, good. Like I say, it's like a crabgrass on steroids.
0: Yeah, well, I would try that, you know. And there's there's other chemicals okay. out there too, but it, um, you know, this, you know, things like Roundup, which aren't, you know, they're not selective, or to right. kill everything. So. <laughs> yeah. A ground clear, yeah, yeah. You don't want okay. that ground clear shouldn't be in the market. Don't even mention that product. That that one's really bad. really, yeah, really. Don't okay. ever buy it. It'll, it'll hurt your trees. It'll kill everything. The things you don't want. Oh shoot! To, I never even think of that. Yeah. yeah, never, never use Ortho ground clear. It just shouldn't be in the market.
5: Oh no! Thank you for that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for asking. Then <laughs> we can tell people. Fran, have a nice weekend.
5: <laughs> you too. Thank Bye-bye.
0: you. Uh Let's see, Liam and uh, Tempe. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. And you?
8: I am doing great. I This is my, my happy Sunday morning. I drive home from work.
0: Well, happy Sunday morning. It's a beautiful morning to drive home. These clouds are pretty fantastic.
8: It is. Hey, question about grapes. I have some th- uh, Thompson seedless grapes, and I got a ton of grapes this year. I've done nothing with this grape um, plant. Um, They didn't get real big They were tasty Mm -hmm. And I've got a lot I think aphids on it But my question is When It's been in probably About three years Mm -hmm. I want to say when do I like trim it back? And yeah, this this winter is the time
0: it really needs a lot of attention. So we're going right? to massacre it this winter time. Le- leave it for right now because it's building, you know, roots and cane and stems, and it's all let it grow, you know, all the way through November, and uh, then it goes through kind of a dormant period where it's going to take a lot of the nutrients down in the canes, and then in December or January you want to butcher it. And do you have it growing on a fence or an arbor, or what's it what's it doing?
8: Bye. It's growing up like a pergola, okay. and I've got, you know, areas where I can branch it out across it mm-hmm. kind of thing, like a, along a fence
0: area. Okay. So what you want to do, though, is this, this winter we're going to cut it back to, like, almost nothing, you know, just really diminish its size, cut it way back, come up to a stem. Maybe, okay, the little shoots that come off the side, maybe leave a half uh-huh. a dozen or a dozen on it the most, you know. And typically on a commercial one it would be like four, yeah, but you can leave a few more because you're going to want to for coverage on the pergola. And then it's going to come out and flower, and you're going to have your little grapes, okay? And so when your little grapes come out and flower, you're going to have those you know, in close on the new wood. You want to take your hand and run them over them right when they're flowering, and that, that separates and thins the grapes out so they're not going to be near as many, but they'll get much larger. Okay. And because you've reduced the size of the plant and the energy is going into fewer clusters of grapes, you're going to get much nicer edible grapes. Now, the only downside to that is the birds are going to know they're there, too. So okay. if you want to really want to have big, nice grapes and not have the birds eat them, you'll have to protect them before it gets to be bird season when they start right. to it. Well, and I was really
8: surprised at the birds, because there were just so many on there, mm-hmm. but they weren't real big, you know, so that makes more sense. Well,
0: the birds on ours, so, all the ones off the top, I found a few that were down below that we didn't leave for the birds, but, uh, you know, the birds are pretty efficient, and they know when things are good.
8: Okay. What about like the aphids? Or I mean, my leaves just look like they just kind of—they're kind of a multi-gray brown. color. Well, this
0: time of year, you might have some spider mites. The aphids die when it's hundred degrees. Okay. Okay. But none of those things are really going to be terrible. If I get some rain, what you can do is really hose the plants off, and that really does help a lot with the spider mites. So if you just take your vines and just wash them off with the hose, or maybe we'll be lucky okay. enough to get a really hard monsoon rain, and that'll cut the spider my population way down if we do. Okay, so that's really okay. a good thing for you. Uh, what you want to watch for is the skeletonizers, and those are little caterpillars that basically make the leaf look like a skeleton, and those you would yeah, treat no, with BT, about, yeah. but if you don't have those, I really wouldn't spray. Uh, you could just wash it off.
8: Okay. All right. And then I've got a... Um ash tree back there, and I'm getting like, I don't know if it's a fungus or like it's got like little white lines on it. Those are just um, insect Those aren't going to hurt
0: it. anything. Okay. okay. So I don't need to worry
8: about spraying that
0: nope. or don't taking it? Don't spray any- it. It's fine. Okay. Have a nice beautiful. weekend. Bye-bye. Alright. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back to a pretty full board. Uh, we'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR.
7: So, this is cut. So, fear I was in the center. so hole is cut. So, won't tell you where to go. No, I've been happy lately, thinking about the good things. I've been smiling lately, dreaming about the world as one, and I believe it could be, someday it's going to come, cause out on the edge of darkness, there rides a peace train, peace train, take this country, come take me home again, I've been smiling lately, thinking i
0: Sunday morning live from Sunny Slope with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We do have one line open, but in the meantime, we're inviting you out to Whitfield's. Hey, it could be a beautiful day to come to the nursery today. If we have this kind of weather, a little rain, it's certainly going to be nicer on our staff. It'd be a great time to come out and look at some trees. At Whitfield's, we've been growing trees since the 40s right here in the Valley and continue on for four generations. If you need trees any kind, any size, come out and see us. We deliver, plant, and guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, insured. We'll do the digging. You can do the digging. No job's too big. None's too small. From 50 Fifteen gallons to seventy-two inch box trees to beautiful palm trees like date palms and Mexican blues, and we have uh, Sylvester palms. A lot of different varieties, things maybe you never heard of that just thrive here in our desert. Our original store is at eight twenty-four East Glendale Avenue, the East Valley Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or twenty-six forty-seven East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery, for four generations growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Let's see, next up, we got to get the right order here we have Susie in Scottsdale good morning Susie
9: Good morning. I am so happy to be a first-time caller. I've listened to you for years, and I have a real problem with a tangelo tree that I'm trying to save at this point. I'd say two to three years ago, I had a bumper crop. I'd take citrus all over to different places just to be friendly to people. Uh, my other citrus is fine, but this tangelo tree for the last two years has suddenly gone Gotten a lot of dead wood. We've wrapped the trunk up five and a half feet. It's partially over grass, but it's not that much. And right now, it's looking really sad. And it's against a back wall, but I just—it has tiny leaves. There's just like seven or eight citrus you can see hanging. I am desperate to try to save it, and I just don't know what. What side
0: of the wall is it on? Which direction?
9: It's um, it's on my uh, north facing wall. I have a neighbor with citrus across behind it too, so I do. I so it's, just uh, it's don't, on the and,
0: south side of your wall then?
9: Yes. Okay. It's so on the south side
0: okay. and of a, a north facing wall. Have you used any weed and feed on the lawn?
9: No. And that's what's really bothering me. I, You know, I try not to even use Roundup around anything in the yard. Uh, you know, the back has yeah. rocks, too. Yeah, it wouldn't
0: hurt it. Anyway, so if you haven't used, like, you know, ortho ground control or weed and feed, so we're going to kind of get rid of the chemical problem. You say you've had to wrap it up real high. Were the limbs trimmed up pretty high before?
9: Um, no, no. Like I say, we've been in this house, the trees over, I'd say 15, 20 years old, Mm -hmm. but we've been in this house 11 years and it's been healthy. And so I am concerned about the chemical, but I don't know what. It, can I save it?
0: Well, you could try. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're talking, right? And uh, I know. So what What I would do I mean, is this. I would clear out any, you know, the well area below it, okay? And I would leach it out right now to start off with. So just run a hose for now a long how? time. Well, let's put a hose lots there. lots water? It run for, let, let it run for a day or so, okay? So you leach everything out. Then I would come back and throw some fertilizer in it. And for fertilizer, I'd do two things. I'd throw some Super Thrive, which is just kind of vitamins and hormones, doesn't have any nitrogen or the basic, you know, minerals and things, the miners, we call them. And then I would fertilize it with a good citrus fertilizer. And I would do all that right now, especially because the weather. Well,
9: I have been doing citrus fertilizer and also in granules and also the stakes around every okay, three so feet.
0: How, how often have you done that?
9: Well, I just heard you talk to somebody else saying you can do citrus every month, especially during the summer. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to go out and try to get some of my granule that I already have and sprinkle it around with this rain to to drive it down that three feet you were talking okay. about.
0: When, when was the last time you fertilized it? Um,
9: uh, probably in June,
0: early June. Okay, so you've been given a lot of fertilizer. Because the thing yeah. is, too, is if, if you've been giving it a lot, too much is not good. You know, the tree's only going to use so much. You know, and too much becomes toxic. So it, it's not good okay. to keep putting fertilizer on when the tree's not growing. So to clear it out, we can't count on the rain. So let's put a hose out there and flush it out. I have been. Okay, and how often have you been watering it? <laughs>
9: Um, well, probably once a week, somewhat deeply, but not as slow as you say, because we forget it, and then it's our water bill's gone. <laughs> So sky high because I've had it on a little bit too much sometimes.
0: Well, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't want to stay wet all the time. Okay, where do you live in Scottsdale, Susie?
9: Um, it's about 64th and Thunderbird.
0: Okay, so you have fairly heavy soil in there that holds water pretty well. So once a week's like the maximum frequency you want to water it. No more often than that.
9: Okay. Well, it's on. The, see, the problem is there's lantana all around in at part of it, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to keep it. Happy too. Okay, well, the lantana is happy
0: at once a week too. If it's established lantana, once a week is more often than it needs.
9: Okay, Okay. I've been doing about well with this heat every other day about forty minutes for the whole. Let's forget
0: about that's that's really bad for your citrus tree. Okay, that'll rot the roots and kill the tree. Well, that frequency. You know, okay. The pro- problem is the ground has to dry out in between, or we get what's the equivalent of you know tree athlete's foot. It's a soil. It's called, it's called phytophora. It's a soil fungus. Is this is the tree bleeding any sap anywhere? No. Okay, so you don't see any sap bleeding out of it at all. It's just small leaves and. Rest- and does is the there a lot of, the, of dead
9: wood? And we of, tried. Well, to- I'm
0: not worried about the dead wood. Does the does the okay. trunk of the tree look wet? I
9: don't know. We wrapped it. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, wrapping its not a bad idea, but you might want to... Here's the thing is you need to, number one, change your watering plan, okay? Watering everything That's in your yard more than once a week is a complete waste, you know? And it's okay. going to be detrimental, not helpful. You're going to be hurting your lantanas instead of helping them. So change, change your watering pattern to once a week, you know? And because you've been putting so much water on all the time, it's, nothing's getting a chance to dry out, okay? And it's going to do better. Even
9: with... Even, with, Even with the 114, it's not dry
0: Even with 114, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, wet's wet. And the problem is everything's compounded worse when it's, you're overwatering when it's hot. Not better. So overwatering when it's hot is not going to help anything. So you need to space, space your waterings out. Okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll talk to you off the air when we go over the next break, okay? Hold on. Uh, Michael and Scott still. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Brian. Yes, sir.
3: Hey, I'm curious. You mentioned papaya. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about growing papaya and other uh, tropicals here in Arizona.
0: Well, you know, it's it's something that we didn't do as much of back in the 60s and 70s because we used to have freezes, terrible freezes in the 70s and even the 80s. But, you know, we haven't had many hard freezes. And, you know, it's always fun to try different things. And there's a lot of tropicals being grown here, um, you know, but especially that works well. Avocados don't work well. But if you want to do mangoes, uh, they're fantastic. The heat variety is a really good one. The papayas are really a lot of fun. And the papayas are fun because they grow so fast. And, you know, if you could keep them so that they don't freeze for a year, the second year you get fruit. So that that's a fun thing to do. Um, you know, there's a lot of bananas. There's a lot of passion fruit being grown. You know, so there's a lot of different things here that we didn't typically grow because of our colder climate. But with what's happening, we haven't had the hard freezes. And even if we do, if you're willing to protect and, you know, cover them at home, you could do really— Really well. Now, probably this heat's not the best time to plant them. It'd probably be easier for you to plant them in like September, October. Okay. Do you carry those varietals? We carry we carry a mixture. We carry whatever we can get. You know, we have Barbados cherries okay. and we have some bananas and, you know, whatever we can get. Uh, we're going to probably start growing a lot of mangoes ourselves because I can't get the variety well, and the rootstock that we want. So over the next couple of years, we'll have a lot of mangoes. But... Um, well, it? Will the mango trees get as big as they do over in Hawaii? Until they freeze. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> one of these days it's going to freeze. You know. I have a friend, Christian, that just came back to work. And he's from Mexico and he's been down. They were down hedging big mangoes. And he was telling me about cutting through limbs that were eight inches in diameter. So, yeah, mangoes like the okay. heat. I mean, they really do like the heat. But you probably would want to keep them pruned down to a size where you could protect them. But there are 400 acres of them growing in the Coachella Valley. And uh, the last time there was 80 acres and they grew. There for 20 years, and a frost killed the growth. You know, but that's that's the risk you take with some of these things. But in the meantime, they're awfully fun to grow, and uh, you get a lot a lot of variety that we don't necessarily see. Right. Thanks, Great Brian. News. Have a good weekend. You started music on me, so i got to take a hard break for the news. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> we do have a line or two open during the break. Remember to call 602-277-5827. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR.